it's just so good to come on Good Friday. My Good Friday is always, I've always got mixed feelings about Good Friday. I am um, so emotional because of what God has done for me. It really brings it home. And then, on the other hand, I'm just so grateful. Yay! <laughs> so grateful. So I started by that um, the Jewish nation, they always were pining for their beloved Savior to come. As Pastor Enns read, you know, um, they knew that he would come from the line of King David. And even King David talked about, you know, that the king to come, the Redeemer. Many prophets before King David spoke about it, and many prophets after spoke about it, the greatest king who is still to come, who redeems us. And, you know, when Jesus came, many did not receive him, you know that. And many don't receive him now. Uh, we had the, 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 the pleasure of having uh, some um, girls from Israel staying with us the last couple of days. And they left this morning, and uh, they were going to Auckland for the Passover. And she said, and you are going to do Easter. I said, yes. She said, what, what, what is that all about? Oh, I thought, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> so I talked about that today we think of that Jesus died for us on the cross in Jerusalem and that he died for our sins. You know, but said it doesn't stop there. So today we are some emotional, but we're grateful. But on Sunday, I said you wouldn't. We are just more than grateful. Because Jesus was resurrected from that. And they looked like me like stunned mullets. And I thought, oh God, help them to, to actually to receive Christ for themselves because they are still waiting. And, you know, a lot of people haven't, haven't seen him yet, but I think, you know, we saw a glimpse on Palm Sunday. Do you know that story when Jesus said he had to go to Jerusalem because he would be delivered uh, by the chief priests and the scribes? And so before that, he asked his disciples to get a donkey, and then he comes into Jerusalem, and he sits on the donkey, and I don't know what happened. People all got crazy. They all saw that he was the king, and they were all praising. And, you know, they didn't have flags in those days. But, you know, branches, just anything to wave to Jesus. And they take the coats off and put it on, on the ground, and oh, it was just a magnificent sight. But there was always a but, isn't it? Because the chief priest and the Pharisees and all those dudes together, they were not happy at all because he was quite a threat to the religious kingdom, I'll call it. Quite a threat. And so they were plotting together and find somebody inside the twelve who would be willing to deliver Jesus to the authorities. And so then we arrive at uh, his last meal. We remember it all because we read it often when we have communion. And uh, they had many meals together. I can only gather three years together. Many, many meals together. But this meal, Jesus said he desired to have with them because he knew it would be his last one. But also he knew that he would identify who would be the one in their midst. And Judas still says, is it I, Lord? I think, what were you thinking? 
Then he talks about the body that's going to be broken. He talks about the cup by the blood that will flow for them for their sins. And he said, do this to remember me. Little did I know how everything's going to change in just a flinch of time. And it did. You know that he was taken in custody with the soldiers, the chief priests and the Pharisees and all those people together. And then they decided that he needed to go to Pilate. Pilate was from the Romans. So it was actually the authority in the land. Make no mistake, the Romans were very, very powerful. The Roman Empire was strong, impressive, fierceless. People feared them. And so that's the one that was occupying the land when Jesus was there. They were ruling. They were ruling the country. And here was Jesus. He presented quite another kingdom. And he talks about that his kingdom never comes to an end. Caesar could not say that because his kingdom is already gone. And so here we are in Matthew. Now I have to use this hint. In Matthew. He becomes before Pilate. And so meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor. And the governor asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Yes, it is as you say, Jesus replied. And when he was accused by the chief priests and by the elders, uh, by the, yeah, by the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, don't you hear the testimony they bring against you? But Jesus makes no reply. Not even a single charge to this great amazement to the governor. I mean, it takes quite a bit of strength to not open your mouth when you are accused falsely. And maybe you have been on the wrong side of people. And people accuse you falsely from this thing and that thing. It takes an enormous strength. It takes God's strength not to react or not to retaliate. We can take a leaf out of, of Jesus' book because God will deal with it. If we are made, uh, false accusations are made to us, God will deal with it. I don't know if you have, have experienced that, and even when you are experienced that, to going through a season like when people uh, accuse you falsely, look at Jesus. So Jesus said nothing. He is just so humble. Our, our amazing king of all kings, so humble. So he said, what shall we do then with the Jesus who is called the Christ? I'm just, just so amazed that uh, the Roman Empire uh, called Jesus who he actually is even though it was uh, a charge against us, but he actually proclaims it, who he is. And who is Jesus Christ, Pilate said. And then the, the, the crowd 
but maybe maybe uh, 10 days ago or even shorter, were praising him and said, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And now they say, crucify him. That is just unbelievable. You think, how on earth can that happen? How, how, how can people change their minds so quickly? What has happened? And you know, that's, it's going to happen. So we go to the soldiers, and they said, then the governor, soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered a whole company of soldiers around him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet rope on him. And then they twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. And they put a staff in his right hand. And they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hell, king of the Jews. And although they thought they were mocking him, they were actually proclaiming who he really is. And then they struck him again and again and again. And after they had mocked him and they took the rope off and put his own clothes on him, they led him away to be crucified. No word from Jesus. Nothing. And when he was crucified, above his head, they placed a written charge against him. And this was his written charge. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. They would never know that the Roman soldiers actually proclaimed who Jesus really, really was for everybody to see and for everybody to know, and we still read it today. So, and then we come to this, um, to the sixth and the ninth hour. I believe that it's around midday uh, till three o'clock or something like that, but it is just at daylight, and then a darkness comes over the earth. I think it's never been so dark in the world in those three hours when Jesus was on the cross, not fighting for his life, but fighting for my life and your life. He was fighting to hold on. And it was just so dark. And even he felt, God, God, have you forsaken me? How often do we come to a place that we feel we are in a dark place. You know, everything is is clouded around us. Everything is black. Some people call it a black hole or a black dog, whatever you call it. And then you think, God, where are you? Are you there, Lord? And so Jesus can so identify with us when we go through a season through that. The darkest days of the earth was then. But Jesus stayed on the cross. He was fighting for you and for me. And then it says in in John 19, verse 28, verse 30, and after Jesus knowing that all things were accomplished, that scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. 
Now a vessel of full of sour wine was sitting there and filled a sponge with sour wine and put it on the hyssop and put it in his mouth. And so Jesus received it. And then he said with a loud cry, it's finished, it's finished. It is finished. Everything what Jesus accomplished or meant to do on earth, he had done it. He, he had done it, and not just for his own sake, but for the sake for you and me. It is just amazing. It finished. Imagine it is finished. He must be so glad for it to be over. Imagine hanging there on that cross. At that moment, that was the best thing. It was not that only Jesus was finished, but by, the, by the, his last breath, the whole earth shook people because this was just never happened something like that before. So powerful that we still talk about it today. So powerful that earth shook. It couldn't help himself. All his foundation shook because Jesus died for us, for our sins. The temple, the curtain ripped to bits. Why was that needed? Well, people like you and me would not be able to go to the Holy of Holies. Only the, the priest would allow to go and to bring the perfect sacrifice. But the perfect sacrifice died on that cross that day. And so that Holy of Holies, that big fat curtain, was not needed anymore. And so that we are not anymore separated from God. That was a big thing. And it didn't end there. People came out of their graves. It was just madness, I would think. Just people didn't think, what on earth is happening? That's what the centurion saw, he said. And at that moment... The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook. It was not just Jerusalem had an earthquake. The earth shook. And the rocks split. <coughs> and the tombs broke open. And the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs. And after Jesus' resurrection, they all went to the holy city and appeared to many people. And I can gather many holy people in Israel at that time, not just in Jerusalem, were raised from the dead. But they just felt that they had to come to Jerusalem because it's the holy city. So when the centurion, that is a Roman again, and those with him who had guarded Jesus beside the earthquake and all that what happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, surely he was the son of God. And again, the kingdom of the Romans were proclaiming the kingdom of God because they could not, not resist, not telling her the truth. So when we think of that, you know, uh, what men like Judas, all the religious leaders, the scribes, the chief priest, Pilate, the Roman soldiers, what they meant for evil, God meant for good. 
he did for good. They all plotted against us. And no suffering has ever been so unfitting. No human has ever been so unjustly treated because no one has ever been so worthy of praise than our God. Because no one has lived without sin. And so on that cross, Jesus demonstrated his love for us. So while we were sinners, he died for us. You know, it was not the nails that kept Jesus on the cross. It was his love for us. People say that they, the, the people took his life. No, Jesus gave his life. He gave it freely to us. Some people say, well, that was a great loss on, on, on Friday, Jesus dying. No, it was the greatest victory on earth. They thought they executed a criminal. But in essence, God executed his master plan. Nothing was a surprise to God. It was all foretold to the prophets, and it now came all into being. Jesus died one death for all our sins. Hope for us all. Hope for you. If you decided to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then there is so much hope for you and for all those who are around you. We cannot help ourselves to acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. And here this morning, when we hear this story again, it's all so familiar. We never can depart from the cross. Because it's through Jesus we come to the Father. Father, I just thank you this morning. Thank you for each person here and, and who they represent as families. Father, we just thank you that we have the freedom here today to, to, to celebrate and think of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And, and Father, and, and that he's not staying there, the cross is empty. Father, that he is going to be raised to life again. Father, it is just unbelievable, Father, that you would do it for each and every one of us. We praise you, Lord. We just thank you, Father, that we um, cling close to you, Lord. Father, when the, the days are getting darker, as your word says, as the days are going to darker, Father, those who are, who are in Christ, they live a, a brighter life. Knowing, Father, that you are with us and you take us home one day. Thank you, Lord.